Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Innovation Friday, the podcast where we discuss new and emerging sciences and the vital roles that hospital and health system pharmacy practitioners play in influencing and adopting applications and innovations in pharmacy. My name is Hannah Post, and I am one of the 2021-2022 Executive Fellows in Association Leadership and Management. Today, we will be chatting with ASHP staff member Mary Ankley Thermos, Director of Medication Safety and Quality, and Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate, about the Get the Medication Right Institute, also known as GTMRX, and the Institute's approach to comprehensive medication management. Thanks for joining us today. So first, I'd like to hear about what is GTMRX and how did ASHP get involved? Thanks, Hannah. This is Bailey. Thanks for having Marianne and I on the podcast today. We are just two of approximately eight people in ASHP who work with GTMRX. We wanted to just come and share some of the work that ASHP is doing in this space. So to answer your question, ASHP is a founding funder and member of the board of directors of Get the Medications Right Institute. ASHP has a really long history of leading efforts to optimize medication use, improve patient safety, and advance clinical pharmacy practice. And the work of the Institute perfectly aligns with ASHP's vision that medication use will be optimal, safe, and effective for all people all of the time. ASHP joined GTMRX in April 2019. The organization brings together critical stakeholders, including physicians, pharmacists, caregivers, health information technology innovators, drug and diagnostic companies, employers, and health systems to advance the adoption of a systemic approach to medication use to save lives and reduce costs. And this is done through comprehensive medication management or CMM, which we'll be referring to through the rest of the podcast. And I'd like to add, this is Mary Ann. Thank you, Bailey, for that great summary of GTMRX and Hannah for having us. Just a little bit more about why this is important. I actually joined GTMRX before I joined ASHP because getting the medication right seemed to be the whole purpose of my career as a clinical pharmacist taking care of patients. So what is CMM and you know why is that what we're promoting? Well, CMM has really evolved three key pillars. One is that there's a patient care process that when you provide CMM, you're always collecting comprehensively all the information you need to get in order to optimize that patient's medications, being that it's working, whether it's causing problems, that they can take it, you know, every aspect of, of care that that patient may need. And then you develop a plan for that patient that's that includes them, that's individualized. You institute that plan and, and then you follow up on that plan. So that's kind of how it differs a bit from MTM as it is kind of rolled out now under Medicare Part D. I mean, it's really a much more comprehensive process. Uh, the second pillar of CMM is that there's a practice philosophy. And that's the philosophy that you are fully accountable and responsible for everything about the medications for that patient you're caring for. Um, and that you, you're you treating the whole patient. So even if you find something that has nothing to do with medications, but is affecting that patient, you're responsible to make sure that that work gets done for that patient and you hand off to your team member. 
And then the third is there's a management system. And that is there's a workflow that's efficient, sustainable. And so those are where comprehensive med management is really kind of the holy grail in, in many of our minds. So I think that is why, you know, is why ASHP and, and we believe in this full stakeholder group for GTMRX. Thanks, Bailey and Marianne. So what is GTMRX's mission and how does it impact pharmacy practice and healthcare in general? So I think this is really important. The mission of GTMRX, which I mentioned earlier, is to bring together critical stakeholders bound by the urgent need to optimize outcomes and reduce costs by really getting the medications right. So GTMRX believes that CMM is a systematic evidence-based approach to improve medication use, which is where pharmacists come in. And we believe that this is a really core component of team-based healthcare, particularly for primary care. GTMRX has their, what they call their belief statements. And I find myself going back to these a lot as I've been involved in these work groups. So I'll just kind of summarize them quickly. The first is that it's personalized and patient-centered and aims to improve outcomes and reduce health. The second one talks about aligning systems of care, really focusing on the medications that the patients are taking, make sure they are indicated, effective, safe, and working to optimize the outcomes. The third is an immediate delivery system payment and policy transformation, which I'll talk about a little later. The fourth is in making sure that companion or complementary pharmacogenetic testing is involved and necessary because we know that sometimes this is essential to target correct therapy. And the fifth belief statement is that success requires team-based care models. So I think that summarizes the mission pretty well, and you can see how pharmacy practice and healthcare is just implemented throughout. Absolutely, Bailey. And why is this so important? Because each year, 275,000 people die needlessly from medications. And we know from recent work from Wantanabe that it's uh, costing our health system in the United States $528.4 billion a year, which is wasted because it's not optimized medication use. And if you've been a pharmacist for any long time, like I have, this is not improved. Um, we still have not tackled this big elephant in the room. So we really have to adequately address it in our health system. And so that's why it's important to have all these stakeholders involved. But the other importance for pharmacists in particular, this is our opportunity. This is why the doctor of pharmacy degree was implemented in the 90s so that we can get pharmacists trained to tackle this problem. So it's really now's the time to step up to the plate. And I think this focuses on team-based care. GTMRX is really pulling the team members together. And what other organization exists out there that's pulling the team members together? You know, we all still are very much in our own silos. And so it brings everyone together. And it also emphasizes that the person best trained to to work on, on this is to provide CMM is the pharmacist, is the highest level training to optimally provide it. So those are why it's important. That was really informative. Thank you, guys. Uh, there seems to be multiple initiatives GTMRX is working on. How is the work divided and what roles do you both hold in the Institute? Thanks, Hannah. Great question. So GTMRX, I think the last numbers was there's 1,180 members involved. So that is a lot of a lot of people working in these different work groups. So 
how GTMRX divides the work is through four work groups, which have subgroups under them, and then one task force, which combines a couple of the work groups. So there is the payment and policy work group, health IT work group, precision medicine work group, and practice transformation work group. And ASHP co-leads the payment and policy work group, as well as the pharmacogenomics payment and policy task force within GTMRX. ASHP staff also lead and co-lead a lot of the subgroups under these work groups. Thanks, Bailey. And I can give some idea of the kind of work we do because I'm on um, three work groups sub, and most of them are sub work groups. So under, under practice transformation, I uh, work on the evidence-based resources. And this uh, work group scan the literature to find the best evidence for CMM and develop a document as well as a manuscript that was published recently in the American Journal of Medicine to talk about the evidence that supports why CMM should be a part of any team-based care. I also work on the quality metrics group, and this group looked to see what are the optimal metrics that exist right now, where are the gaps to show the value of CMM provided as part of team-based care. And we are working on a number of manuscripts to be published both within and outside of pharmacy. And I'm also work on the telehealth group, which I'll talk about a little bit uh, more later on in this podcast. But I also want to talk about one of the action items that the evidence-based work group is working on right now is actually to develop a registry of all the pharmacists that are actually providing CMM around the country. Thanks for that background. So what is the current state of CMM in value-based payment versus fee-for-service? This work is really being done in the payment and policy work groups. And under that work group is the payment methodology subgroup, as well as Marianne's telehealth subgroup. So GTMRX is a strong proponent of value-based payment models that support team-based care and inclusion of all necessary practitioners within the team needed to produce desired patient outcomes within a population. Unfortunately, these payment models just have yet to be established and the necessary reimbursement to sustain the pharmacist, patient care services, and a majority of practices is still forthcoming. So it's important to not disregard fee-for-service. Value-based payment, we know, requires a much different infrastructure, and it's hard to make this switch to value-based payment unless you have a way to successfully bring in and reimburse all the uh, care team members. So GTMRX is some striving for value-based payment, but we also realize that we're still in an environment where fee-for-service is the baseline, and if we want to get team members paid for, it's still in a, in a fee-for-service landscape. We, we recognize that CMS has CMMI, which is their innovation center, and they're exploring models for payment. So we're keeping a close eye on these developments and look forward to continued uh, data out of that center. So I think to s- summarize that, Hannah, we, we know that value-based payment is supportive of adding CMM, but currently it's only about 30% of the market. So until we can change this basic infrastructure of care delivery to switch from CMM and fee-for-service, we know that uh, fee-for-service is is still the best way to get team members paid. Miriam, you mentioned telehealth. Is there any discussion surrounding telehealth payment? Yes, definitely there is. Our telehealth work group, though, is really 
started with some charges and that will lead to that policy and payment recommendations. So we actually had some charges in our telehealth. First was to find the evidence. And so we used our academic partners to use their medical library to do a comprehensive search over the last 20 years. And we were able to identify about 70 articles, 60 to 70 articles. And then we reviewed those to look for fidelity to CMM to make sure that they were comprehensively managing patients in these studies. And we have narrowed that down to the nine top top references that show value, benefit, and our, you know, and the fidelity to CMM. So that was our first charge. Our second charge was to develop a framework. And that was really looking at what's the value, what's the barriers, what's the uh, questions, what's the gaps. So we developed a a framework paper that's under review right now within the leadership of GTMRX, as well as a how would you implement telehealth into a practice. And all of that helped us learn um, this very new and involving practice using technology to reach our patients. And with that, our last charge is your question, which is, you know, now that we know what are the barriers, how to do this, what seems to work, you know, what do we need payers and policymakers to do in order to have CMN be paid? Because actually right now, it technically is not adequately paid by any means under telehealth. All right. Thanks, Marianne. Bailey, Marianne, what has your work with GTMRX entailed so far? I can start. We have done a lot so far over this last you know, year and a half. To start, I wanted to highlight ASHP and the GTMRX Building Vaccine Confidence in Health Neighborhood Report. This just came out in June 2021, and it focused on short-term recommendations and long-term recommendations Addressing vaccine confidence. So our CEO, Dr. Paula Bramowitz, was a part of this task force, and it's a thorough report that's now published on the website. As far as my work groups and subgroups go that I've been able to be a part of, we have really spent the last year and a half collecting evidence and making toolkits. We have now five resource centers available on the website, and Uh, We've also developed case studies for uh, dual eligible patients, uh, Medicare patients, Medicaid patients, and commercial payments. So we have a lot of good resources now for healthcare providers and patients. One thing that we spent a lot of time on with the Pharmacogenomics Payment and Policy Task Force was working on developing policy recommendations. So these have been approved by the GTMRX Board of Directors. And the next step will be advocating to advance these policies with other stakeholders and within legislature. These recommendations focus on promoting compensation for pharmacogenomics informed CMM. So I think in summary, for at least my groups, we are kind of just making the shift from gathering the evidence, um, compiling the expert stakeholders to really now let's let's advocate with policymakers and payers to really make CMM a reality. Well, lots of good work being done by the Institute for sure. What is the Institute currently advocating for and where do you see these efforts leading? Yeah, great question, Hannah. 
I look at GTMRX as the central source for all stakeholders, not just pharmacists, physicians, all stakeholders as members of the team, payers included, to find best practices, resources, toolkits, all the information that they may need if they so desire to have comprehensive med management as part of what they want to provide for patients. So if it's a team looking to do that in in their practice, or if it's a payer looking to do that, to add that as a benefit, uh, GTRX is bringing everyone together and and developing the resources, um, including to the individual pharmacist if they want to promote their practices in their organization. So it's sort of a central source and they're advocating for that. And that's where I, I, I see that it's in terminology and presented so that it speaks to each member of the team, or you have a document that can speak to each member of the team that will help everyone make medication optimization and safety and effectiveness a a realization. And and, in the next review of cost, it'll be lower, hopefully. So that being said, how do we get other professions to buy into CMM? And then what are the barriers to implementing CMM? And are there any GTMRX resources to help with those barriers? We definitely got those. So your first part of the question is, how do we get other professionals to buy into CMM? I think this is really important. We need buy-in from health systems to support this team-based care for patients. That's what's so great about GTMRX is that we can continue to demonstrate the value of team-based pharmacist-provided CMM, and then you know this leads to better patient outcomes and decreased healthcare costs, which is going back to the original you know, vision of GTMRX. So you can get involved at an individual or institution level. Marianne will mention this next. And I think that as far as barriers go, they really include, I mean, pharmacists, our members listening probably already know this and will hopefully agree, but Barriers include, first, lack of knowledge for roles of team members, including pharmacists, and number two, I think reimbursement for these services is really what it boils down to. So GTMRX is all about figuring out how to advocate with other stakeholders and not just within our own silo, and we'll hopefully find and are finding that we can make a lot more ground than by ourselves. Marianne, do you have anything else to mention there? Yeah, I, I would just say that GTMRX is an avenue that brings everyone together to advocate for something that pharmacists have been advocating for a long time. And that is to, you know, to be that provider to improve care of of patients around their medications. So GTMRX looks at it as team-based, you know, their, their GTMRX says, this is a service that needs to be provided. And pharmacists are the optimal people to provide this service so that we can make sure medications are being used correctly. Any last thoughts regarding GTMRX or how our members can learn more and continue to be involved? Well, just as Bailey said, anyone can join. I joined before I, I, as an individual and anyone can participate in any of these work groups. Um, Right now, my work group is about 15. You know, we recognize that not everyone can participate, but anyone who's a member can can use, utilize a lot of these resources. And that that's what we're all about, trying to 
get that information out. And anyone who's more interested, just as a final closing, we have the co-founder and executive director, Katie Capps from the GTMRX Institute speaking at the mid-year clinical meeting. That's Tuesday, December 7th from 12.30 to 1.30 in Orlando. And, and so how do you find out more about GTMRX? Well, it's really easy. Go to the website, which is pretty easy, GTMR, no X, dot org. And you will be able to access the resources, learn more about the vision, find these toolkits. So I really encourage everyone to, to participate because one of the great things about GTMRX is that It's not pharmacists fighting alone for this medication improvement, but with the team members. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Marianne and Bailey for joining me to discuss ASHP's latest efforts around CMM in partnership with GTMRX. Before we leave, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Innovation Center at ashp.org forward slash innovation. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to join us on the fourth Friday of every month for more on innovation in pharmacy. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official, 